Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey folks, Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com here with the Locked on Bucks podcast. We are on episode 13. Uh, you know, we could skip the number like the hotels do with the 13th floor, but uh, we are remaining uh, numerically authentic and we are going with episode 13. Halfway through our third week, week here on the podcast. Uh, very excited as I tell you guys every day here. We actually are taking the podcast on the road today, uh, Wednesday, driving up to Jacksonville, where the Buccaneers will have the first of two joint practices with the Jaguars in advance of their preseason game Saturday night in Jacksonville. Uh, so excited. Uh, it's uh, it's funny. It's like you guys know nothing these days, uh, but a world that is wonderfully searchable online. Google is an amazing thing. Um, so anytime, it, I always like you know, when your memory gets foggy and you're trying to remember things, uh, I always think it's just amazing that you can type in uh, whatever it is you're looking for. And the nice thing is everything I write just stays for uh, forever online in one form or another. So I can just type something and I go, oh, that's right, I was there in 2009 and uh, wrote this and that. So as I get prepared to drive up to, to Jacksonville here, and forgive me as I get nostalgic here today on the podcast... Uh, I believe it is 20 years to the week since the last time I went to a Jaguars uh, Jaguars practice. Uh, I went to college in Gainesville at the University of Florida. Uh, As you might imagine, was the uh, enthusiastic, uh, excited uh, Cub reporter there. uh, Working for the student paper, the Independent Florida Alligator. Great student paper. Was proud to be their editor-in-chief my last semester on campus. Uh, But anyway, I'm like this uh, just super excited, uh, can't... Stop, must write everything you can, kid in college. And uh, in the fall of 96, dating myself a little bit here, uh, drove up to Jacksonville and covered a Jaguars practice. Uh, There was a young receiver named Chris Doring. I've got Gator fans on the podcast. They certainly know who Chris Doring was. So anyway, uh, fall of 1996, uh, Chris Doring trying to make the Jaguars roster. So I drive up to Jacksonville, uh, write a story on Chris Doring, who ended up not making the Jaguars uh, most of his playing time came with the Broncos. Chris wasn't really an NFL receiver that long, but uh, did get some work with the Broncos. But anyway, uh, back in 96, Jaguars were like brand new. This is their second year as a team. Uh, had Tom Coughlin as their coach. Uh, and it dawns on me that I think the only other NFL practice I've been to in covering over the years was also a Tom Coughlin practice. Uh, when I was covering USF at the Times, was up in uh, was up covering a USF Rutgers game and made the drive over to the uh, Giants' sprawling uh, practice facility to write on Jason Pierre-Paul. This is probably, I don't know, 2011, 2012. Uh, so the only time I invest in, uh, have invested in uh, road NFL practices has been Tom Coughlin. It's funny, the first NFL game I was ever credentialed for, we're getting even more nostalgic here, uh, was a Bucks game, actually. Uh, fall of 94... Um, I drove down from Gainesville to Tampa to cover Eric Rett's first home game uh, with the Bucks, 
Eric Rett, obviously a running back in the mid-90s, high draft pick out of Florida. Actually, his first game in Tampa uh, was against the Colts and was also Marshall Falk's uh, first game down there. So got to cover them, got to write the, uh, the Eric Rett story, uh, got credentialed uh, out of Gainesville back in 94. The funny thing and the reason I, I bring all this up about Tom Coughlin is that I'm reminded... Uh, I already have old Dirk Cutter stories, which is funny that that we've already been around Dirk long enough to have forgotten Dirk Cutter stories. But uh, when Tom Coughlin left BC in '94 to uh, take the year off and be the Jags coach a year before they started playing, uh, what's funny is that he had just hired uh, a young offensive assistant named Dirk Cutter to join his staff at BC, uh, and within like a week of him hiring Cutter left to go to the uh, Jaguars. So Cutter, you know, drags his, uh, I think his wife was pregnant with one of his kids at the time, and drags his family across the country, um, gets to BC, and, and BC already has a new coach in Dan Henning. Um, so Cutter is, is kind of like in the office, and he pokes his head in and says, hey, uh, I'm Dirk Cutter. I forget if he had been hired as the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach, uh, but obviously you, you get a coaching change, everything's kind of up for grabs. New coach can come in, kind of hire his own assistants. So it's not necessarily a given that, that Cutter would even have a job. So uh, Henning kind of said, well, uh, you know, I, I haven't really filled out a staff yet, but you're welcome to uh, kind of hang out here with me and uh, kind of help me go through the process of hiring a staff. And they would uh, watch video together in the mornings. They'd go to lunch together. Uh, and, and I got to talk to Dan Henning this spring, and it was really neat. And the Dan said literally within a couple days – like, he knew that Cutter was sharp enough and detail-oriented enough uh, that he wanted to keep him on his staff there at BC. Uh, and the other neat note is that one of the guys that Cutter helped him hire on that Boston College staff, whatever, 22 years ago, uh, was George Warhop, who, by coincidence, was the Bucks' offensive line coach uh, under Lovey Smith when Dirk came here to Tampa uh, Dirk obviously decided to keep Warhop on as his uh, offensive line coach this spring, and part of it was that they had that uh, history together 20 years back uh, as a direct result of Tom Coughlin bolting for the NFL and the Jaguars. So I'm literally recording this as I'm about to hit the road uh, to go up to uh, Jacksonville. Uh, practice starts at 10 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Um, again, as we mentioned in the podcast the other day, don't don't just drive to Jacksonville to show up and be at this practice. The Jags said they're, uh, they have enough registered fans that had signed up for this uh, practice that it's already at capacity, kind of sold out, if you will. They're not playing in Everbank Field. They're playing in the practice fields next to Everbank Field. So it's not like there's 70,000 people at this practice. There's probably just a couple thousand uh, watching the practice there. And uh, we'll have tons of updates there in Jacksonville. Uh, definitely be a newsy day. Uh, big opportunity for the Bucks getting to practice and go against somebody else. For two days. Wednesday is the full full practice, full contact practice. Thursday, I think, will be more of a, a shells practice, a non-contact practice. So uh, excited to be up there for that. I'm actually going to come back down here to Tampa uh, on Thursday night and then go back Saturday for the game. But uh, not too much news today. Um, not too much news uh, from Tuesday, I should say. The Bucks had the day off just as a travel day to get to Jacksonville. Uh, wrote for the newspaper as the Daily on Kevin Pamphill. Um Again, you know, Pamphil suddenly now has thrown himself into things as their probably opening opening day left guard. Uh, you know, Kevin Pamphill probably was still a backup going into the season. 
Uh, Logan Mankins obviously retired after last year uh, to where it looked like Kevin might have an opportunity to be the left guard, but they went out and signed J.R. Sweezy. Uh, as we've certainly detailed here on the podcast, J.R. Sweezy has a back injury and hasn't practiced since he signed with the Bucks. Uh, but need to talk to some people, talk to the coaches and players about Kevin Pamphel. Uh, you know, here's a guy with only four starts. Uh, three of them of his four starts are as a as a bonus offensive lineman, kind of a jumbo tight end. Uh, you know, the Bucks last year really liked that uh, that six tight that six offensive line formation, kind of like a commit to the run type thing. Uh, and Kevin Pamphel did a good job with that. They're very confident that he can step in. Uh, whether it's just for these first five games while Sweezy is likely on the pup list, or whether it's more. Um, a lot of confidence in Kevin Pamphlet being able to play like an NFL starter. Uh, he's literally making a tenth of what Mankins made last year and a tenth of what uh, J.R. Sweezy will make this year. He's making about $600,000, uh, just kind of rookie minimum base pay for a third-year NFL player still in his rookie contract. Uh, so stop by TampaBay.com. Please read uh, Kevin Pample. i got a ton of questions here in the mailbag, so I can literally go to the mailbag uh, at like the seven-minute mark, which is exciting. Uh, but lots of questions we want to get to. Really appreciate the feedback there. Again, uh, we do this every day, but if you want to submit your questions or your comments, love to have those. Uh, can shoot me an email at LockedOnBucks at gmail.com, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-B-U-C-S at gmail.com. Uh, and especially on Twitter, uh, set up a specific account for this podcast at Locked on Bucks, uh, building up followers there. Really excited every day to get new followers on that Locked on Bucks, Locked on Bucks Twitter account. Uh, my first question, and, and again, we also got a comment, uh, mentioned that the audio, the volume level seems low compared to other podcasts. So hopefully today as you're listening, uh, we do have the new Snowball mic that is the first uh, major capital acquisition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Hopefully the sound quality is still more what you want it to be for a podcast. Uh, but hopefully the audio levels are, are at a good level. Let me know, guys, if there's something I'm doing wrong or uh, it's one of those uh, emperor's clothes type things. I want to hear if there's something I'm doing wrong. Let me know. Please just shoot me an email. Shoot me a Twitter comment. Say, hey, you're you're doing this wrong. You're rambling too long. You're uh, waxing nostalgic about uh, your 90s travels uh, in the middle of a podcast about the 2016 bucks. Please. Uh, I got lots of questions here. Actually, a, a fun question. Going back to Thursday and the preseason game with Philadelphia, uh, wants to know if Ryan Griffin, this is uh, the Pewter Cast, another great Bucks podcast, asking me a question here, uh, podcast on podcast questions here, uh, asking me if Ryan Griffin had scored that touchdown with a minute left in Philadelphia, uh, the Bucks would have been down 19, sorry, 17-15 after the touchdown. So wants to know, uh, would Cutter have gone for a two-point conversion and sent the preseason game to overtime? Which is funny. I I, I didn't get to ask Dirk about that. I wish I had now. Uh, the TV crew and Chris Myers had mentioned that Dirk did not want the game to go to overtime. They actually had posited on air that the Bucks would not go for two and would kick the extra point to avoid overtime. I think that's amazing. I can't imagine a coach, even in the preseason, uh, choosing an outcome that leads to a loss. Um, they had mentioned that he would like kick and then go onside and try and get the onside kick and win in regulation to avoid overtime. I, I can't imagine they would have chosen uh, a post-touchdown scenario that they knew kept them from winning the game just to give Aguayo uh, another rep on an extra point. So my answer is I don't know, but I'd like to think they would have gone for two uh, just to give the offense that opportunity to have that 
late game, very real scenario of needing to execute a conversion to force overtime in a game. Good question there, Peter Cast. I appreciate that. Uh, another guy, uh, Twitter handle is uh, is DB Cooper, but he's uh, David J Mays on Twitter. Uh, good with the the questions there on Twitter. He says, "Does Tampa get a wild card at second in the NFC South?" And this is probably one of the most central questions we can ask about the 2016 Bucks. Uh, I don't do a lot of predictions in the paper. We're actually going to be doing a lot more in terms of picking games and stuff this year. But uh, my initial thought right now, as I try and figure out what this team will be in 2016, is still to think that this is more likely uh, an eight and eight team. Maybe a seven and nine team if things don't go well, and I think the Bucks are a better team than this year. I, I just think their schedule is is tougher, and I think the strength of their opponents is much more challenging. Where they could be a better team in 2016, and it wouldn't necessarily reflect in their record. Uh, but to think right now that they're eight and eight, by all means, I could be wrong by a single game, and they could be nine and seven, and that's probably all it takes to uh, to be right there in the thick of things in late December for a wild card. So. It, it would exceed my expectations, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they took another major step forward and after going from 2-14 and 14 to 6-10, and 10, made another big leap forward to get to 9 wins or 10 wins in this second season uh, with Dirk Cutter. Uh, sorry, second season with Jameis Winston, but first season with, with Dirk Cutter as the head coach. Uh, lots of good questions here. I want to get to as many as I can. Uh, another question comes in. From J.T. Olson, he is Icewater Olson on uh, on Twitter. Uh, I love the nickname. Uh, and J.T. wants to know what relatively unknown guy is really standing out of practice, if any. It's a good question, and as luck would have it, um, we have you know the Tuesday for Wednesday notebook uh, is a tricky deal because we didn't have any practice, we didn't have any access, any interviews on Tuesday. The Bucks didn't make any moves on Tuesday, so there's not any. Uh, real specific hard news to lead that Wednesday notebook with. So I actually led our notebook today uh, writing about a guy named Kelvin Palmer, uh, a guy I don't think we've even talked about on the podcast here, but uh, the Bucks had signed Kelvin Palmer, uh, Kelvin, nine days ago on the 8th. Uh, if you remember, they had brought in that guy, Kalen Hoffman from FIU. Kalen was the guy that had won two Super Bowl rings without even playing a single snap of an NFL game. Um, and then Kalen kind of bolted after like three or four practices and just left the team. Uh, so they brought in uh, Kelvin Palmer. Um, and the neat story in talking to Kelvin at practice here Monday uh, that I did not realize is that Kelvin is coming off of a major, major knee injury, uh, less than a year removed. Uh, last year he's with the Steelers in training camp, uh, where actually Howard Jones was there as well. We talk about Howard Jones and, and the defensive end that played so well for the Bucks, but this time last year Howard was with the Steelers in training camp. The Bucks kind of uh, stole him there off waivers last year. Uh, but anyway, Kelvin Palmer is with the Steelers. It is the fourth quarter of the very last preseason game. Uh, Kelvin Palmer's battling for a backup offensive line job with the Steelers and goes down with a bad injury. His left knee uh, ends up tearing his ACL, his MCL, and that's the medial collateral ligament, and uh, tears meniscus in his knee. So the trifecta there in his left knee Major surgery, had told him he'd be out for a full year, uh, but uh, as he said, kind of busted his butt in rehab. Uh, worked out for the Bucks this spring. Didn't get signed initially, but kind of got put on there. Uh, it's neat. These NFL teams will work out players, and even though they don't sign them, they, they kind of have what they call a ready list. Um, and in the event that some guy just skips town and quits your team or some guy gets hurt, they've got a list of three or four guys that are, are like their offensive linemen on call or their long snappers on call. 
when they need a safety, here are the guys we could call that we worked out, that we liked, and are still available. So they call up Kelvin Palmer and uh, comes in. He's actually lucked out. Kelvin came in and would have been like a third-string um, fill-in lineup, guy that helps them even have a third offensive line. Uh, and last Thursday, uh, only played the last 13 snaps of the game. It was like the left tackle for the final 13 plays of the Eagles game. But then uh, Leonard Wester, who is the second-team left tackle, uh, he gets dinged up. And last two practices, Kelvin Palmer has been your second-string left tackle for the Bucks. So I think you'll see a little bit more of him in the second game. Uh, just a neat story. He's a guy that played at Baylor, um, went to camp two years ago, uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, spent all of 14 on the Cardinals practice squad. Uh, again, kind of got held up last year by injury, spent the year in injured reserve, uh, but overlapped at Baylor with Robert Griffin III, who we'll see next week when the Browns come to town. Uh, the other unknown I wrote about in uh, today's paper as our notebook uh, is Darius Glanton, um, who is, as we learned with Andrew DePala out, is the Bucks' emergency long snapper. was kind of neat. Uh, to see him snapping and talk to him briefly after practice on Monday. Uh, Adarius went to FAU. He's actually quasi-local and then he's from uh, Lakeland. Went to Lake Gibson High School where Matt Grothy went to school with USF a while back. Uh, but Glanton uh, was a snapper in high school in addition to being a standout linebacker. Um, has kind of made his uh, bones in the NFL playing special teams. Uh, was with the Panthers and played for the Panthers mostly on special teams. Last year was with the Bucks. Uh, he's one of these guys, Adarius Glanton, who is trying to hold up all these rookie linebackers. When we talk about Devontae Bond and Luke Rhodes and uh, Casanova McKenzie and Micah Awe, all those rookies are trying to, to take away a job uh, from a veteran like Adarius Glanton. So that's a good battle. I still don't know what that's going to go. The fifth and sixth linebackers' jobs for the Bucks are definitely wide open right now. But one thing Adarius Glanton can do to help himself is not only play on special teams, but show that in a pinch... If something were to happen to uh, Andrew DePaula uh, running downfield trying to make a play, uh, he could be their backup snapper. So that answers that question. Uh, I think that does it for the mailback with what I wanted, mailbag and one to one to ask there. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for uh, keeping me busy with questions every day. Really appreciate the interactivity with you guys on this podcast. Uh, it helps me a ton just to know what you're curious about. Anytime you can just kind of throw things out for open questions. The questions you guys have a lot of times are questions I should have. Um, sometimes I know the answer, and if not, luckily I can go next day at practice and kind of find things out. So appreciate uh, that your curiosity can be my curiosity. It helps me figure out uh, what I'm missing, what I'm forgetting to write about in coverage. So that's uh, a big help there. Guys, uh, I'm going to wrap things up here so I can hit the road and get to uh, Jacksonville in time. Uh, thanks for bearing with me through my uh, nostalgic first couple minutes here. We will be back with a much newsier podcast uh, for Thursday. Uh, but for now, we have episode 13 in the books. Uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing. I don't know if I've mentioned it on here. Uh, most of you probably get this through Audio Boom, but we are now on iTunes. So please uh, listen, subscribe, uh, give us your feedback on iTunes. We're on Google Play. This podcast is, is showing up a lot of places. The Locked On network of podcasts continues to add more and more NFL teams. Uh, I think we're up to 22 NFL teams with individual podcasts now. Excited to have you guys uh, keeping me in the hunt to have the best traffic among those podcasts. They're all starting up this fall, so we're all kind of building an audience one day at a time. 
Uh, I think the Patriots, as you might expect, have the biggest podcast audience so far. But thrilled to have you guys uh, keeping me there in the hunt for uh, the bigger audiences that we're building with the Locked On Podcast Network. So thanks again, guys. I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow recording from Jacksonville. So the acoustics could be a little different uh, from my uh, humble hotel room there overnight in Jacksonville. But wrapping things up. Thanks again, guys, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com. This is Greg Ahmed. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.